This is The Mark D Show, hosted by a guy who played a decent game of Big Brother. Now here he is, Mark of BBCan7. Hey, this is Mark with The Mark D Show. Another episode of my podcast on what it takes to win Big Brother. On the last episode, we chatted with the runner-up for Big Brother Canada Season 6, Kayla Grant. And here's what she had to say about winning Big Brother. Some people I didn't get along with that well, and I would just kind of stroke their ego a little bit. To hear more of that episode, go to my social media. I'm The Mark D Show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You'll find all the links over there and all that fun jazz. On this episode, we are joined with the most recent winner of Big Brother Canada, a guy I had the privilege of playing the game with. Dane Rupert. And I'll say this. This is actually pretty exciting for me, man, because most of the other episodes are when I call the other contestant and then we have to like try and get them on the phone. Hopefully, you knock on wood, the phone quality is good. But we've got you live in the studio. It's Dane. What's going on, man? First off, Mark, I just want to say congratulations on the podcast. It's awesome. I think it's a great thing to uh, listen to before going into the Big Brother house if you get that opportunity. And second off, uh, I just want to say congratulations to you for the new job in Kelowna. I brought you to Kelowna, Virgin Radio, and uh, I'm excited to have a, a, a year with you in Kelowna. I'm excited too, man. Hey, thanks. We're going to jump right into it because what I did with the other winners was we talked about sort of coaching strategy. That was the style of this uh, little segment. So the idea is we're going back in time a little bit. You are now a coach for somebody going into Big Brother. Say yours truly, but you don't know me, right? It's a theater of the mind here. I'm a brand new guy. I'm walking into the house. I've got Dave by my side, a winner of BB Can 7. What is the first thing you're going to tell me right when I walk in that house? That's funny. That's uh, actually what I've been kind of thinking of. If I got the opportunity to go back, I'd rather be a coach instead of a contestant. So uh, this is a great question. If I was your coach, I would tell you right off the bat, instead of playing the game hard, you actually do have to play the game hard. The first day, my strategy would be to find a four or five person alliance. And then second day, within that four or five person alliance, find a ride or die uh, that can bring you to the end. This ride or die needs to be either a physical comp beast or a mental strategy beast. When I went in there, I thought I would be a physical beast. So I needed a guy that needed to be uh, intelligent, more intelligent than I am, that knew the game or knew how to persuade people. And I thought Anthony was a great option for that choice. And it turned out to be uh, one of the greatest love stories ever written. And then also within the first two weeks, I wanted to really establish social relationships and make these very genuine relationships. The social game obviously is included within your alliance, but I like how you said within your alliance, you also need to find a ride or die. I do want to talk a bit about your social game at the beginning. What I've noticed is, and this is probably like day two or day three, you were sitting with Kiki and Esty in the backyard and you opened up to them a bit about your father. And I saw that there was like a very close emotional and genuine bond, if you will, in the house because of that. Was that strategy or was that like a bit of, I need to get this off my chest as well? No, that was not strategy. I didn't even want to talk about that at all. But as you know, it's a very emotional, almost like prison cell. You don't expect to get so close to someone so quickly and you don't expect to express your feelings about a certain situation in your life to uh, pretty much almost random individuals. Before the house, I always carry a picture with my dad around with me. So I get to see my dad every day. And before the house, I didn't get to see my dad for quite some time. And then just knowing that winning an HOH, I had to see that picture. That's why I started expressing my emotions about my dad. And then I knew people would be asking questions. So I thought rather than just holding it in, just let it out. And it is what it is. 
people have asked me, why is it that you thought that Dane won? And I said, here's the deal. I can hang out with some of the people some of the time. Dane is a guy who can hang out with all the people all the time. He's always able to hang out. Now, my question is, you've obviously made your social relationships very strong within the first you know, week or two. And remember, you're still in coach mode here and you notice your guys making relationships. What kind of things are you telling him to make relationships with the people that he just doesn't get along with? And those people do exist in the house. Those people definitely do exist in the house. You need to find a common interest in someone to develop a genuine relationship. And I did that with each and every single one contestant in the house. A perfect example of this would be me and Mama K relationship. Never in 100 years that I thought me and Mama K would get along as well as we did. I absolutely love her, I adore her. I needed to find a common connection to make this genuine relationship. And what does Mama K do most? She prays. I'm not a big prayer, I don't believe in much. However, I knew that I shared this common connection with her, that she would fully trust me. So I started praying with her. What I didn't expect to get out of this game was that she really did help me in life. By praying with her every day, she made me accept missing my dad instead of resenting and not wanting to see my dad. I would always want to dream about my dad and miss her. So I love her to death. She taught me something in life that I didn't expect to get out of the game. And like I said, I think that's why I did win the game because not only did I do that with Mama K, but I did that with absolutely every single one. You don't need to love everyone, but you just need to respect everyone. And this is the hardest part is if you can check your emotions at the door, you're going to be way ahead in the game. If you're going to let someone who bothers you on a natural level into the game and into your gameplay, you will have a problem going down the road. Now, Dane, you've done something a bit different than other winners, and that is you won a lot of HOHs, especially at the beginning, whereas you had a good social game. You know, I know you said you wanted to win an HOH to see uh, your dad's picture, but do you feel like, again, you're in coach mode here, and I'm sort of playing this uh, sick social game now. Are you suggesting that I continue to win HOHs to keep my alliance safe, or am I sort of laying back a little bit? <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, our season was a little bit different as uh, we had a lot of comp peace in our alliance. However, my strategy would not be to go in there winning as many HOHs and comps as I possibly did. If you look back at my comps uh, that I won, honestly, I wanted Anthony or you to win, go for it. And I just hung in there as long as I possibly could until I could see who was left. And it was Mackie and Eddie, and I didn't feel comfortable at that time to let them win. So I thought I needed to win this one. And if you keep going through pretty much every single comp, that's kind of what happened. Buzzkill, same thing. I felt very good with Damien. I felt good with Corey. I felt good with you, Anthony, Kiki, Esty. Everyone went out and somehow, some way, it was me and Sam. <laughs> it was, that was you final and Sam two, in the final two. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to let Sam win this HOH and put me on the block. So you got to read and adapt to every situation in the house. You have a strategy and you want to follow your strategy as much as possible. But the game of Big Brother is about adapting to each situation week to week. Every week is a new game. This is a, an interesting question for you because I noticed this is something you really shined at, and that was HOH control, as I like to call it. If you look at the past seasons of Big Brother, and if you look at our season of Big Brother especially, most of the time, if you won an HOH, that was a massive curse because you ended up going home the next week. Random fun fact, in our season, if you were not a pretty boy, you were guaranteed to go home the next week after winning an that, HOH. That pretty boy curse, eh, Mark? <laughs> what I've noticed about you was... During your HOH, you always were able to make it sound like, you know, hey, I'm putting you on the block. But the next week, you weren't a direct target. Can you talk to me about what are you telling me? Hey, Mark, you got to do this. You got to do this to make sure people still like you. 
come the next week. So this actually comes from the first two weeks, and that's building genuine relationships. So I had that four-person alliance at the start, but your strategy needs to not only be your four-person alliance or your one alliance, you need to have side alliances. Basically, almost at all times, I had pretty much everyone working for me without too many people knowing it. The pretty boys knew that I was very close with Essie, Kiki, and Damien. However, Damien, Kiki, and Essie had no idea about the pretty boys, and I felt like they were very loyal to me, and I was loyal to them until it got down to the pretty boys versus them. I would have taken the pretty boys over them. However, I try to keep my side alliance as safe as possible and really show loyalty to them and never put them up on the block and never put my main alliance on the block. So the only people I was really putting on the block were the people that I didn't have an actual solid alliance with, but I still felt comfortable with. So the next week after, if someone won, it was probably going to be my side alliance or my main alliance, which did happen. You always need to have the numbers on your side. So I had four pretty boys at my side. But I also had Kiki, Esty, and Damien at my side. And then I also had a little alliance with Corey and Anthony that no one really knew about. I also had a little bit of alliance with Sam and Adam that no one really knew about. So really, I had so many people that we felt good with each other. And I kept my word with them without putting them on the block until I needed to break it. Dane, okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. You created genuine connections. Now, if you've watched Big Brother 7, you'll know that... Dane pretty much got thrown under the bus every single week, especially going into jury members. And the reason for that is you had such a good connection with everyone. Everyone sort of expected for you to vote their way, which simply isn't possible. After a while, you're going to have to vote one way or the other. And I think your strategy was like telling them almost last minute, oh, you know, I made this really... Uh, tight bond with the other guy. I can't go against my word. I'm really, really sorry. With Corey, for example, you know, with Kiki as well, when she found out like last minute, uh, Dane's not voting my way. My question is, you're coaching me now and I have all these great alliances. How am I letting people down? Because eventually you are going to have to let people down and they're going to be bitter at you. What are you saying to them? What am I saying to them? What am I telling them? How am I making them feel so that they don't do terrible things to me later? Yeah, I mean, it was more difficult than I expected. Uh, I'm a Big Brother fan, fanatic. I didn't think it would be that hard. But once you get down to the final nine, that's a game inside of a game. So once they're, they're leaving the house, you know, you got to make sure that you're on the good side. So with Corey, you know, yeah, I betrayed her. However, once people understood what other people did, my stuff didn't look as bad because it was the last second. Because I didn't do it all game. When someone goes into the jury house, you got to make sure that you kind of brainwash them to tell the jury what you want them to say. The best example I have, I'm sorry to say it, was with you, Mark. We were on the block together. I played up an absolute big sympathy card to you. I was telling you all week long that once I go in the jury house, I'm going to tell everyone exactly what happened about the pretty boys, what you did, what Adam and Anthony, what I did. But in the back of my head, I was telling you this because... I wanted you to relay the message on for me because I knew I was going to stay that week and I wanted you to feel the pressure of being a pretty boy and telling exactly what happened in the whole house. So that's a game inside of a game and I, I knew that, like you said, I did it at the last second, like I can't vote for you because people are voting this way. I think people didn't understand that I was the one driving them out of the house, but I made them feel that it was other people driving them out of the house. Like with Esty, Esty thought, I was going to keep her safe. In the in the whole process, I was trying to drive her out of the house without voting against her. So when it came time to it, it's like, Dane, you voted against me. No, SD. I made sure you were going home, but I never voted against you. So I never really broke that trust in a weird, sick way. 
Now, how did you, because um, you were on the block twice. Right. One of them obviously was very carefully orchestrated with the help of Anthony during Corey's HOH. The idea was you were going to go on the block against Esty. You were going to pull yourself off and Sam was going to go up. Textbook play. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. So I'm playing this good social game. I've got everyone coming to me and telling me everything that I want to hear. But eventually it comes to a point where people start to get suspicious of me and they're thinking, hang on a second. Nobody wants to put Mark on the block. And then I do end up on the block because of that. What am I doing now to ensure that, A, I get off the block? So obviously I'm fighting for the veto. But what kind of social game am I playing right now? It's funny because like, you're a big brother fan. You're watching from the couch. You're like, ah, whatever. You're on the block. But like when you go on the block, it is actually a pretty scary feeling. The first time I went on the block, I knew that I was kind of caught in a, a hard place there. And, and I knew to build loyal and trust to show that I wasn't the one that was uh, orchestrating whatever was going on. Uh, at that time was to volunteer myself and show that I, I'm a soldier. I would, I'll go to battle for this team. Put me on the block. I'm going to win veto and I'm going to save myself. So that first time it didn't really count, but the second time when I went on the block, so this is kind of the coaching idea is that when I went on the block, my first strategy was just to lay low for the first couple of days, depending who you're against too. Uh, if the guy, if the person that you're sitting next to is uh, a little bit of a temperamented hothead that likes to see, you know, kind of stir the pot, let him stir the pot because you don't know what's going to happen until you play the veto. We didn't have any of those in the house. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, it's hard, hard to lay low and keep calm because like you're, really stressed out for being on the block. It's a kind of gutty feeling. However, you don't want to play so hard and show your cards right off the bat until the veto's played out. Because if you win that veto, you just showed off all your cards when you really didn't need to. So, I mean, once you play the veto, then you got to start playing that social game. You got to adapt. Like I said, this game's all about adapting. So when I was on the block, I knew everyone at that time was very emotional. Very emotional. And in that game, emotion can go a long, long way. So right after I lost that veto mark, I packed my bags. And as we know, you have five days until you go home. So I started playing that sympathy card, like, oh my God, like this is my biggest dream. You're gonna crush my dream. So you gotta read and react to the, the situation. So I play the emotional card. I use my emotions to everyone. Not to say that you were emotional at the time, but you know, you you knew you were gonna stay, so you're kind of prancing around not really showing too much emotion. Meanwhile, I'm crying. Shout out to Cassandra, those crocodile tears really <laughs> helped me there. I was playing my emotions up. So if I was a coach in the game, you got to read and react to situations. Okay, good points you brought up. I like that you said something that I haven't heard very often, and that is you volunteered yourself to go on the block because you wanted to show loyalty. Everyone knows as HOH how difficult it is to start picking people to go on the block. And when someone comes over and offers themselves... Uh, you become a bit more like, wow, like you showed loyalty to me, which you did to me as well. Okay. Before you go on the show, if you're listening to this, don't fall into yourself for the block. <laughs> but it was a great way to show loyalty. So if you do need to show loyalty in some situation, that would be my last resort. But it is a good way to show loyalty and trust and that you are a, a warrior going into a battle for your team. How important is it to stay truly loyal to your alliance and make this uh, legacy, which we did, pretty boys, all the way, well, almost all the way, yeah. 
We won virtually everything. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to toot our own horn, but it was impressive. We're, we got fifty percent of the pretty boys right here. We're not. A, we're not a good season to learn and emulate off of because this will not happen again. No, yeah, no, this not, I don't think it will happen again. Anyway, this was a legit steamroll. Yeah, no, I never, never say never though. Yeah, never true, yeah, it could, could possibly happen, but let's be. My real. advice is to not go into casting and say you're gonna replicate what we did because it's not gonna work out <laughs> that's a good side note okay so if i'm playing this really good social game like you are and uh, you know i've created my main alliance and then i also have my side alliance is there any point in me where i should be saying you know what maybe my side alliance is a bit more valuable to me than my main alliance <laughs> and i should probably be keeping them now you can obviously draw inspiration from your own game but uh yeah. as a coach what are you telling me yeah i mean i was fully 100 percent loyal going to Final Four for my alliance uh, as the Pretty Boys. However, my side alliance, if they were pulling some kind of weight at the time, do or die, like, are you going to go with the, the people that are, are winning or your people are, are not winning, right? So, you know, in my situation, I was 100% loyal to the Pretty Boys, and I had my side alliance, BC, uh, British Columbia, which included Esty, Kiki, and Damien. However, I mean, first of all, Esty and Kiki had each other's backs from day one, so I knew I was already on the outs of that side. Me and Damien, you know, we're close, but, you know, Damien was uh, a man of few words, so I didn't really know where I stood with him. I knew we had that hockey bond, but it came down to they weren't winning at all, and I was the only one winning, and I was like, okay, like, I'm pulling my weight for them, but I have my pretty boys that are pulling the weight for me as well, so I'm going to go with them, but... As a coaching mode, you got you got to read and react. You want to stay loyal to someone as, as long as possible, which I did that with Anthony. So if your side alliance is carrying more weight than your, your original alliance, I'm not going to be here to say not to go with them. However, uh, try to stay loyal to at least one individual. Because in the end game, when everyone's saying that you lied, you lied, you lied, you lied, it's like, yeah, I lied, but to say that I'm the biggest liar, sure, but I didn't lie to that one person the entire game. Can you say that about yourself? Probably not. It's interesting that you said that because within the game, you're obviously going to have to lie to people and let them down. And there, there's a way to do it tactfully, which you did. But there's always one person to uh, stay super loyal to, like like a super loyalty, if you will. Yeah. Uh, super truthful to and use that to the best of your uh, advantage. I was super loyal to you guys. I was super loyal to the pretty boys. The only pretty boy until I had to not to ever nominate a pretty boy on the block. Yes. You did it with Adam. Adam did it with you. And I thought I would never do that until I had to. But I never voted against the pretty boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. But I did make sure you're staying. But no, that, that is fair. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's been what, eight yeah. months? I think we can get over <laughs> yeah, it. It's all over. good. It, it's funny because uh, you do need to find people that you're loyal to because I knew coming down to the end of the game, people are going to catch on and be like, you know, you did this, you did this, you did this. It's like, yeah, well, like, not to say that you guys didn't lie as well. However, I never lied to Anthony. We didn't see eye to eye on certain situations, i.e. the Corey getting eliminated. However, I didn't lie to him. I told him. I'm probably going to vote Corey out. Which, side note, totally correct move. As much as, like, Anthony <laughs> didn't like it, it was your 100% no, the right play. No, and that's why I did it, and I thought maybe he would he would come to his senses and see, like, that was the right move. And that's why when we were on the block together, when he was like, I might vote you out, I was like, man, like, you're my ride or die. You can't vote me out. And then that's when we started talking about trust and loyal like in the game, but also outside the game. That's why we bonded, that if we could be loyal and trustworthy to each other all the way throughout the game that will not only build trust in the game but also outside the game as well so 
hats off to Anthony. You really helped me out. And not only the game, man, but in general life, buddy. Which, side note, the Pretty Boys, we still do talk. All the time. All the time. I would say, like, almost every day we were, like, I, on there. Yeah. And just, uh, we've got a little Instagram chat. And, yeah, uh, and Adam's killing it with his uh, fitness. And uh, and now, you, now you're killing it with uh, your podcast and uh, Virgin <laughs> Radio here. So that's awesome, man. Oh, thanks, man. Hey, we're going to wrap it up. So we got the final question here. And that is, when it comes into Ward's end game with, like, five players left, you were at a pivotal moment where you were on the block against me and you needed to pull some Dr. Will shit here to <laughs> yeah. uh, stay in the game or... Uh, Mr. Dan Giesling stuff, which uh, congrats you did. But again, you're the coach. Are you making final twos at this point with everyone? Because I feel at this point, the final five, it's like every man for themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, I approached Anthony to a final two deal day two, and that was the only really approachment I, I gave towards with final two. Not to say that I didn't have final two deals with a few people, but they approached me. Adam approached me for a final two deal pretty much the day after Sam left. So in my mind, I was like, really, if it was down to me and Sam, would you have taken me to final two? Maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't. And then, you know, with me and Kira, same thing. I don't know really how it all came about, but I feel like Kira had a final two deal with you, Anthony, and me. So I didn't feel too bad about breaking that deal. So I only really truly made my myself a final two deal only once and others were uh, approached to me and I accepted it. I felt very comfortable with Adam. I really did think me and Adam probably could have gone final two together. He approached me right after Sam left and I was just like, you're not loyal to me, man. Like you would have took Sam over me. Which by the way, I can confirm he would have because I had an Instagram chat with him a short while after the show. And he did admit to me that he would have taken Sam in the final two, which, yeah, I get it. Like, I totally do. We all were loyal to the pretty boys, but in our hearts of hearts, we all had our own agenda, which is ultimately how you have to play Big Brother. You got to look out for yourself more than anyone else. Now, Dane, to wrap it all up, as a coach, do you have any final tips and bits of strategy or really anything that you'd like to end off with? If I was a coach, before you even go in the game, you got to realize that you got to know your days. Anthony, big shout out to you. I remember midway through the game or even like going into Veto Hunter, I was trying to teach you days and you're just like, man, you can sit me down in front of like game board for three months and I would not <laughs> understand it. I would not get any days. So, I mean, days are very crucial in that game. Uh, as you saw, the final competition of the HOH to decide who's going to final two is always a mental game about Big Brother, about your season. So know your days inside out. I think that's the biggest thing going to Big Brother. And check your emotions at the door. <laughs> what what emotions? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, it's funny you say that. I want to bring one last thing up here is there was one time, if you go on the feeds, you'll see it's Anthony with Corey and Kira. Kira's trying to teach Anthony the days. So he's like, okay, what happened on day six? And he's getting all the days wrong and everything. And then finally Kira's like, all right, let's start from the beginnings. So Anthony's like, okay. <laughs> Day one, Dougie Licious walks in, burgundy suit, looking fly. I remember that. He's like, day six, mom makes the best dinner ever. Yeah. yeah. And then Corey's like, you're forgetting something. What? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Corey walks in, doesn't give me a hug. She's going to pay for that. Yeah. I just want to quickly say, uh, yo, shout out to our uh, entire cast of season seven. I really do miss you guys. I hope you know I genuinely love each and every single one of you. I hope you guys are doing great. I cannot wait to see you guys at finale week to crown the new winner of Big Brother Canada Season 8 and have some fun at Alumni Weekend. Marco, Marco, Marco. Mark <laughs> it's been a pleasure, man. I'm so happy that you're in Kelowna, that we get to hang out. 
and actually develop this friendship that we had in the house, outside the house. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Whenever you want me on here, I'm here, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it because aside from obviously this wonderful chat we had, there's going to be a lot of people listening that will also appreciate something like this. So Yeah, yeah. again, remember uh, as a coach, if if I one thing is we didn't adapt to each situation each week. Be genuine, be who you are, but also play the game, know your days, and find an alliance that you can be loyal to. Love it. All right, we're going to wrap it up over here. Dane, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Another episode of the Mark D Show in the bag. If you want to hear my other episodes, go to my social media. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the Mark D Show. You'll get updates of who's on the show next and all that fun stuff. Next week, we're going to be chatting with two more Big Brother contestants. So on Wednesday, we're going to have a chat with Nick from Big Brother 21. That's right. We're getting the American players on. And we're going to chat a bit about the darker side of reality TV and what life is like really after the show. This is very important to listen to, especially if you truly want to get on the show because they don't really tell you what life is going to be like afterwards. And then on Friday, the 21st, we'll be chatting with one more winner, and that is Kevin Martin, the winner of Big Brother Canada Season 5. He'll give us some tips on what it takes to win. And then from there, the season's right around the corner. Stay tuned for more episodes. I'll see you next week.